Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, today we're building a mystery, as Sarah McLaughlin once said in the 90s. I, I love that. Yes, today we are reviewing... Oh my god, I just what's the director's name? Evan, Evan Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, Evan uh, Evan Morgan's The Kid Detective. I had it up here and then my phone went dark right as it uh, started going. Uh starring Adam Bro- Brody, uh Sophie Nelise. 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 Uh thank you Eric. Um a Canadian production. Uh Evan Morgan you guys might know as uh he was a co-writer on The Dirties. He's also close with the, you know, Nirvana the band, the show crew and Matt Johnson, Jay McCarroll, star of Nirvana the band, the show. Um, actually did the score to the movie. So um, a little bit of CanCon today, Eric. Yes, we we, we got your CanCon uh, detective style. And this is a movie that, um, uh, you know, like on just sort of on a surface level, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a dark comedy about, you know, a detective in the vein of the Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew growing up and kind of being stuck in arrested development, so to speak, and not being able to kind of shed their kid image and possibly that you know there'll be some uh laughs and hijinks and things will kind of tie up nicely well you'll be mistaken because this is a very dark and cynical piece of filmmaking um that i think is kind of surprising given um you know what the movie is kind of presenting itself as but also as you mentioned evan morgan being the writer director this is his feature length directorial debut uh, and having co-written the dirties it maybe isn't that surprising that it does have a darker tone yeah uh overall and we'll talk a little bit about that as we go into it but Adam Brody stars as the titular kid detective Abe Applebaum, who as the name, <laughs> an adolescent, is considered one of the best uh, detectives in uh, all of his area, which is Willowbrook, in, in shot in northern Ontario. Um, you know, the first case that he kind of solved is a, is a fundraiser case where fundraiser money went missing, um, and that his principal kind of gives him a little bit of confidence in, in sort of pursuing a career in investigation. So he kind of becomes the town sleuth. And in doing so, he solves every kind of crime from, you know, petty theft to missing cats and everything in between. Um, so much so that there is there's a funny moment where he finds blood on the side of a, a car and the suspect in question tries to chop down uh, his office, which to begin with is a treehouse. treehouse. Uh, And then later on, the town decides to give him his own uh, office space with a uh, secretary who's uh, his best one of his best friends, uh, Gracie Gulliver, but she tragically goes missing and he is unable to solve the crime and you feel the pressure and tension build as the years go by and he becomes more and more jaded overall as he grows up to become Adam Brody as the disheveled dick that he uh, that he is and a, a second chance presents itself with uh, Sophie Nelise's Caroline who asks him to solve the murder of her boyfriend that she's been dating for three months Patrick Chan who is stabbed 17 times and found in the local creek uh, as the story progresses and you know we get a lot of idiosyncratic characters origami and uh, some seedy settings and shady dealings 
Um, yeah. You'll you'll find that this movie is as much a character study and sort of a depiction of the darker side of suburbia uh, in Morgan's directorial debut, which is a very confident, slick looking production. And it kind of plays in the same ballpark as, you know, something as recent as under the silver Lake, but also Ryan Johnson's brick. And even, you know, a little bit with, you know, Chinatown and blue velvet specifically. Yeah. And I think that's what I I really vibed with the movie because of that suburban neo-noir kind of element to it, right? Like it's taking those noir and detective movie kind of tropes and kind of placing them in suburbia and having this kind of down on the outs kind of kid detective who, you know, couldn't solve this one case and it kind of tanked his, you know, very promising career in this town. And he, he's always had to kind of look back on that and he's never been able to kind of crawl out of that hole from, I I was never able to solve, you know, the, the mystery of what happened to um, that young girl. And I don't know. Yeah. I, I really vibed with this man. I really, really liked it. Um, um, like I was saying, like those those noir elements, like it doesn't beat you over the head with it. Like I like Jay McCarroll's jazzy score, which feels like it's right out of a you know a a, a noir movie. Um, I like the elements of like all the different like idiosyncratic characters you were talking about, Eric, where they were all kind of maybe people from his high school when he was younger, or they were just kind of people from around the town because it's a small town and everyone knows each other. So everyone knows Abe, everyone knows him as this kid detective and that he's kind of still been doing this and they all kind of, you know, laugh at him almost that he still hasn't done anything else. He's still trying to be this, not trying, well, they all say he's trying to be a detective still. He believes that he really is one. But I liked like the the bar with the, you know, the gang with the Red Stoop. Was it the Red Stoop gang? The Red or like, Stoop uh, gang. The Stoop the is where the drug yeah. dealers, the kid yeah. drug dealers hang out. But I liked the bar sequence where like the kid's allergic to peanuts. So like you can't bring any chocolate, like peanut butter chocolate bars in. And, and that's like, the boiler room, always- which is then re- yeah. It is the steam room, which was actually kind of funny because thinking about that, it reminded me of um, I've never been, but like remember in Oshawa, there was the place La Scratch and like like it kept, oh, changing, La Scratch, and it kept changing its name yeah. over the years. That's such, a, that's such a great like suburban kind of joke about bars where it's the same bar, but it keeps changing its name over and over and over again. And I don't know. I just love those moments of like, you know, those classic kind of noir tropes with the femme fatale or the or the the weird character you meet at the beginning that comes back later and just the investigation and going through and, and meeting all these characters that are a mix of like these teenagers that go to this high school as well as like people throughout his life and, 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 and things like that. And, um, I don't know, like I just, I, I liked Adam Brody in a lot. I think he, um, he just nailed it for me where like this kind of, you know, guy who can't get over this thing that, that he was, I just loved seeing him down on his outs and um, looking back at his life and just haven't been able to crawl out of that hole. And I just think like, I don't know the mystery really vibed with me. And then when it ultimately gets to the end, um, it takes a left turn that I was just not expecting either. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, one of the strongest elements of it, I mean, it's it's a very confident directorial debut, but is, is the casting of Adam Brody. You yeah. look at this guy who was, you know, on the OC and was kind of a popular exactly. kind of uh, cast member there and then was cast in roles that were 
similar as kind of like a wisecracking sidekick or comedic relief kind of character and you know movies like mr and mrs smith and stuff like that and you know that kind of like that nerdy dorky guy who kind of is obnoxious but also is the friend of the lead or kind of the sidekick and yeah you know like he he you either like him or you don't. And if you do, he kind of like, he kind of grows on you, but over the years, Brody's career didn't go, I guess where, you know, like he was hoping it would like a, you know, George Clooney post ER, or like a lot of TV actors trying to make that transition right. into film. Exactly. But yeah. in the last five, six years, or even earlier than that, in the last couple of years, you know, with both this and specifically ready or not you're, there's also promising young woman which is coming up as well which he's it's a smaller role but he's quite good in it it feels like that that time has really kind of stripped away the kind of innocence and idealism and the hope that he had as an actor and where he wanted maybe his career to go and has kind of replaced it with kind of a weight and moodiness that works perfectly for this for role. this role and he's right so like, sardonic but still kind of weirdly likable and feels a little bit more authentic in kind of the depression that he's in than kind of being always up or kind of being the guy that's sort of you know cheering on other people and i even love like you know when he mutters under his breath that some really um profane thing yeah uh, yeah but but at the same time it's almost like he that's his only release for the internal you know emotional struggles that he's going with because it not only this this case affected you know the character's career but it also just affected him as a person because mm -hmm. he felt somewhat responsible for finding his friend Grace and it, yeah. you know the whole town was looking at him to find it and he wasn't able to do it it's and wear like down on him for 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 so long and and you can feel that in the performance that he's just kind of completely haggard and feels like you know, a drinks all the time, he's and like, you know, he's yeah, like, he's an alcoholic he kind of. Know what like, day it is half of the time? Like that's the thing that I yes, also that's really an ongoing thing I really like. Where yeah. like you know, like he he says, oh, is it you know, is it the is it the week? And it's like oh, his roommate it's has the middle of the week, week. Yeah, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking night. about? It's Friday, and that kind of yeah. actually works a little bit more effectively, even you know, right now with what's going on where, you know, each and every day just kind of feels the yeah. same, especially for somebody that's not doing anything. Even going back to the noir tropes and stuff like that, like that is a classic thing of like the, you know, the detective who's, you know, broken down and kind of, he, he drinks too much and he forgets things because he over drinks and he's just like, he, you know, he hasn't had a case in so long. And I just like even the little things with Adam Brody in the movie too. And just the character in general, like um, you can tell like how depressed he is and how much he doesn't want to give up on this and how much he still thinks of himself. He's like of these cases he solved as a child, um, like these, these things for this town and he's, and no one takes him seriously. And he's like, I did all of this shit and none of you take me seriously. And there's even little moments of like, you know, the, the, cases he's getting up until this murder case are you know can you find uh, out if my friend played for the mets in the summer because he's like he said like some kid comes in and he's like jimmy went to new york for the summer and said he he practiced with the new york mets like a typical lie a kid tells and the character i think there's so much character building in the little moments in that too where he he'll go and you know obviously he's like all right how much money do you have and the kid's like i got a 50 dollar bill and you can tell like he 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 obviously doesn't want to take advantage of this kid but he he thinks so, like he wants to be this detective so bad that he goes back well he and needs he can't the money take, as well right like that as well but he 
you can see that he has a conscience, which you'll see throughout the movie, to the point where he can't just take the money from the kid. Like, he knows the friend is lying, obviously. It's just a dumb lie a kid says. But he has to call the mom of the kid just to confirm it, because in his conscience he can't just take the money from the kid but at least if he confirmed it and actually did you know the bare minimum of you know detective work then at least he did his job and he feels it's like when you tell yourself like you know you're taking advantage of someone but you have to do this thing just to make yourself feel better and i think you see that throughout the movie and then there are little moments like that and the things he mutters under his breath or just kind of like you know how much you see everything affecting him throughout the movie like brody does such a a a great job throughout. And I just, I actually liked the development of that character. And then ultimately, you know, where it goes in that final act and how everything comes together. And obviously I don't want to talk about it because a big part of the movie is the mystery of what's happening. And they reference, you know, how he used to watch mystery movies as a kid and he'd always call who the killer was in the, you know, the first Which also works like for the, the, the noir touches. So you have bookended, you know, voiceover narration, which is very, uh, an obvious trope in a classic, lot of, yeah. you know, classic film noirs. You also have, you know, the, the idea that the, the character talks in that kind of specific lingo. Like there are lines in this movie where, or, or they'll hang, hang out in like a restaurant or dive bar. There's a place called the Oak, which he, he hangs out. Out and there's a scene where he's talking to Sophie Nalise's character about, you know, what kids are into now. And there's a line, I wrote it down specifically, where he says, you know, drugs are more popular than milk. And like, that's kind of yeah. like the line that a, yes, like a yeah. detective or a sleuth would have in one of those movies. And it works because the character is so entrenched and obsessed with it and it's just been a part of his life that you know like everybody on the outside looking at him is like this guy is just ridiculous and eccentric and then you know the world around him you know this small town hasn't really changed too much but at the same time he's grown up and you know has taken on this you know incredible weight that has just kind of corrosed his whole you know, life and, and, and changed him as an individual. And you feel that, you know, he's going through the motions and still doing the work because one, he has to, to make money or make a living. And two, he, he does. But then that goes back. It. He's doing this case for free, right? Like right. they keep referencing but that it's, over it's and a over bigger again. Case. It's goes- a case that will prove his worth and show people yeah. that he's not just yesterday's so that goes news. back to the ego thing a little bit yeah. too, right? Or not even ego of just proving to people, like you said, that he still, it, he's still, Still has it or he's he's but even though like the little moments where he sees the the missing photo in the abandoned store and stuff like that like little moments like that that you really see that this thing has taken a toll on this character um yeah i want to talk about that last act but like it's it doesn't I mean, I shy think away that, from a bleakness that you yeah. would expect from darkly funny too though a lot of neo-noirs that that like i was thinking that this would kind of be a you know a, a, a very clean movie and in some ways it is and i think the biggest criticism i have for this film um one it is episodic in a certain regard like it kind of feels like this could be the pilot for a series with this character and i feel that a lot of the narrative ties together a little too neatly a little too cleanly for what it is because like I like the idea that this character is sloppy and rough around the edges and kind of, you know, a shell of his former self. But at the same time, it feels like everything is just kind of tidied up with a nice sort of bow at the end. Not even conveniently, but just too um, 
uh, what, what am I trying to say? But yeah, I agree that like everything comes full circle almost too much. Yeah. Uh, in the end. And I totally see what you're saying, but then the shock factor of how dark it gets almost makes you forget about that. Cause you're like, wait, what the fuck? You're like, holy shit, that's dark. And then, and then the movie while playing, you know, it, I think it's emotional at times. Like what you feel for this guy, but then it is weirdly darkly funny throughout. I rem- I was laughing very, very hard throughout um, at just, you know, the the cynical kind of one liners he'll have either to his parents or or people throughout. And it was just like biting comedy that is like the stuff where you're like, I shouldn't be laughing at that. And even in the reveal and the final shot of the movie, you are kind of laughing just because you're like, holy fuck, this is dark and that's depressing. And you almost and I mean, the movie is intentionally trying to make you laugh in some of those moments. Um, But then, yeah, like I just feel like, yes, it comes maybe too conveniently full circle at the end where it's like, okay, suspension of disbelief is only so much in that moment during those reveal where you're like, okay. Um, But how it all kind of plays together. And we were talking, you just came over to, you know, you brought a coffee over and we were talking downstairs. We, we, (laughs) this happens way often, everyone that Eric and I started talking about the movie we watched yesterday that we have to review. And then we're like, Oh, we're going to have to repeat these conversations when we're, but we can talk with spoilers downstairs. That's detective work though. um, You just go over everything over and over over again. Um, And uh, I just, I kind of liked, you know, how it all kind of wraps up. And like, I was kind of surprised at the reveal and that's what it's trying to do in a, in a good mystery movie and things like that. And uh, I would love to even watch this again, as dark as it is just to see like, Oh, do they plant those seeds throughout the whole movie? Or does this feel kind of just at a left field just to shock you or whatever. And, um, but then I kind of like just, you know, the toll it takes on him and even the way that it's revealed because it comes so full circle, it, it really truly affects him even more more um by the end of it and i think that's just a really interesting way without saying too much of like you're like oh fuck like that like all he wanted to do like i I don't want to go in too much but like the way that everything wraps up i'm like fuck that's dark and that is depressing and um you kind of feel for this guy yeah i think the i think the final shot of 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 the film is a very powerful choice and, yeah. and, and one that worked. But it's weirdly funny, though. Just it it is. That, but it's also yeah. funny to think of, like, you know, going back to the beginning of this movie, the prologue of the film is, you know, he's when he's a kid, you know, and yeah. he becomes this detective and, you know, he's breaking into people's houses and hiding in their closet. It's funny because it's like the things you can get away as it, with, with as a kid are not the same things you can get away. And with the movie plays with that, right? And, and the movie plays with some that, of that. Yes. And that's the stuff where it's like you can tell that, okay, that's going to be – that is going going to be a callback at some point but the way that it calls it back you're like he knows he's made a bad decision in a specific moment in a specific time but you know like you have to think quickly and you have to do what you have to to kind of either hide yourself or, or or figure out like what's the next step but like when he makes the wrong move he's even like pong <laughs> like oh no like i like this like if i get caught this is this is really bad it that moment is really great like there are a couple good really good pong jokes um there is 
man, the kid at the computer, this like 13 year old or how old would that kid be? Like in his mid teens. Yeah. And he plays yeah. like the, you know, the mid 2000s style, like rock music. And I'm like, oh God, that was me on my computer. And like, like, you know, when you're going in grade eight, going into high school, like, well, you're in high school at the beginning, grade nine, grade 10. And I would play, you know, I mean, shout out to System of a Down who just released two new songs, but like, or you know that trapped or or three days grace these are other like disturbed. like disturbed yeah In like part. bands like that so this kid just sitting there there are even little moments like that which you can tell like um uh the director evan like is is probably our age right because i could just a lot of the humor just hit with me because i could tell that like it's the same kind of stuff in the dirties and Nirvana, the band, like that crew of guys is just, they're, they're very witty. They're very smart. And it's like this humor that you're either going to completely land with it, or it'll totally go over your head um, or it'll be too much for you. But I just feel like he kind of nailed it throughout. And like, there were these like either super dark, funny moments or just these kind of like weird throwaway kind of things that I, I kind of laughed consistently throughout the whole thing. And like that moment that you're talking about, which is like, okay, what if, you know, the Hardy boys did grow up and they continued to do this stuff or they and didn't like, solve a case that was yeah. kind of like they're, they're kind of like the one that everybody was expecting of them or they thought they needed to, to solve. And then they grew up to kind of be like, you know, Th- this broken down version of themselves yeah. living in their, their former glory days. And, and they're trying to do a case that they would have tried to, you know, a more serious case than what they tried to solve before, but using some of the same tactics as they used as they were kids. And those put people in, you know, funny situations like you're saying, or, or just awkward or, or uh, cringy or um, tense situations, even too. Yeah, that end even up being he, funny. He, he loves what he does. There's still this idea, or you know, there's an example. There's examples throughout of him kind of just doing it because it's now also a compulsion. You know, it's yeah. kind of what is expected of him. It's his. It's he his role in this town. Yeah. You know, like you get stuck in something yeah. almost too, right? And he doesn't want to give up because that's what everyone thinks he should do, yeah. right? And you get like, and I know it. Like I, I, everyone's been in those situations. Like there are times in my life that like. Um, you know, you, you feel like you do something for so long, even if you either don't love doing it or you feel like, no, this is just my path now. And I've, I've put too much into this now that how could I possibly go do anything else? You get pigeon held into a position and then like that's expected of you. And you kind of feel like, well, I have no other, you know, uh, I have nothing else to offer. I'm just this kind of person. So I have to kind of keep playing the role and you might've really liked doing it at first, but it becomes almost like it's, it's less, you know, fun and it becomes more of a job to keep up appearances. Right. And it kind of wears down on him. And, and, and again, I think Brody is so good in this movie and I like that both, you know, this and ready or not are, you know, this is more so a, a, a full on Canadian production where, you know, ready or not is, 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 you know, shot in uh, Toronto and in Oshawa, where yeah, is that honorary Canadian? Now yeah, I feel what? like he needs to do one more Canadian movie, and we give him an honorary, yeah. you know, citizenship <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this, this is one of those movies where, like, I think it's 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 an interesting concept. The performance is really good. Um, it's stylish. The direction is strong, as you mentioned. With the score is, is really yeah. fun. Even the Na- Nancy Sinatra song that plays at the beginning and end, yeah, uh, it, it, it works. I think, and sort of showing you like 
the rose tinted glasses being pulled off of like, you know, the, the idyllic suburban town kind of thing and how it stands still. And even though, you know, nothing really changes too much, you do over time. Um, I just wish that the story wasn't as neat and tidy as it was and that, you know, it didn't feel as episodic because it does kind of feel to me like this could become, you know, a TV series or a series of films. And I just kind of wanted it to be its own thing. Um, but I, but again, like, I think this is a, is a really solid debut. And I think that it's going to be really interesting to see where Evan Morgan goes from here. And especially if he can kind of bring, you know, this kind of, you know, character work and sort of, you know, um, sort of morbid humor to yeah. his future works. And if if this and the dirties are any evidence of that, I think he's definitely a person to keep your eye out on. And and I also think like Sophie Nelise is, is really good. I mean she's she's, yeah, she's kind of her, you know yeah. been working now since Monsieur Lazar as a yeah. child actor. And like even in movies that aren't good, like the book thief adaptation or oh, you God, know that movie sucks, uh, dude. 47 Remember years down uncaged. She's always good in those movies and she's carving yeah. out this really nice career for herself as well and um, idris elba of french canadian cinema <laughs> right right well, she's also she's also actually really good in a small canadian movie with bill paxton and, and colm fior um called mean dreams that um uh, right, i saw yes, Tiff a couple yeah, yeah. years ago that's actually really solid and also is kind of playing not necessarily with the neo-noir but like kind I of like saw that too western tropes right. and kind of making it its own thing um so yeah like I, I think it's a solid little movie i think it's fun i think that like it's as a debut it's it's something to kind of be excited for and and it kind of reframes adam brody's career as an actor yeah. and i hope he continues to good point. do yeah. some really good interesting character work um which you know if he does more stuff like this i'm really excited for him because I'm now starting to get on the Adam Brody bandwagon. Yeah, it took us long enough, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm totally with you. I, uh, I really, really enjoyed this. I think that I wouldn't, again, with everything going on, I'm not going to tell you to go to a theater to go see it right now. Um, but I thought it was, I was in the perfect mood for this movie. Like it were not to date this, depending on when you're listening, but we're in the middle of trying to figure out who the next or who will be the, president of the united states come january 2021 and it was just like a nice distraction as dark as it was like i was just in the perfect mood for a movie like this um eric put a, a perfect kind of comparison to under the silver lake and 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 brick and and things like that i i i really do want to watch ryan johnson's brick i've never gotten around to it but under the silver lake was one of my big surprises of last year and i just really really loved that movie and it kind of got thrown under the the rug and and kind of buried a little bit but um i hope this movie doesn't because i feel like this is a, a, a i would 100 percent say rent this um if it was on vod i think it's coming to crave correct yeah it, and even in, in in the credits it does the say a, a, like, a crave yeah. co-production in telefilm yeah. canada um, so i'm sure it'll get a, a it. whatever a theatrical release is right now for a little bit right yeah and, and then, then in the u.s um sony has it which is and it came out like last month right or or a couple weeks ago yeah 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 yeah, last month i mean i keep forgetting that we're only at the beginning of november it feels like it's been a a whole year because of as you mentioned with the election coverage in the u.s um but two more quick things i just want to mention the nancy sinatra song is sugar town and then the other thing that i really like that's like a little kind of joke that kind of is a callback is the cupcakes i really thought that that was actually quite funny 
Very good. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I really liked it. I'm going to give it a three out of five. I know it's 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 low, but like I think on a rewatch, I'll like it more. But talking about it, I do like the things that I really like in this movie. I I'm I'm a fan of, and then the things that I'm kind of picky on are more just you know script issues overall. Yeah, that's fair. Um, thank you all for listening. If you like this, we have plenty of more reviews up on uh, this channel here, Untitled Movie Reviews. So please go back and check our archive. We have you know every you know, big ish movie that gets dropped on streaming services or on demand or something like that. Eric and I have been trying to review, uh, during, you know, this pandemic and not being able to go to theaters. So, um, we're trying to put out at least one or two reviews each week. So please go check those out. We have reviews up right now for, uh, Borat subsequent movie film, um, and much, much more. Uh, our, main flagship show uh, entitled movie podcast we've been doing monthly episodes lately but um eric and i are going to try and ramp that up again after you know this whole election cycle's over and stuff like that so keep an eye out for our 78th draft which is dropping very very soon on untitled movie podcast and untitled movie conversations our interview show would love for you guys to go subscribe over there um again we're ramping everything up now that you know tiff ended eric's uh documentary awards uh jury uh, ended the elections kind of coming into an end as we're starting into 2021 we want to ramp everything up again um so keep an eye out on that we're going to have a new uh interview over on untitled movie conversations very very soon um you can follow us on uh all of those social medias at untitled underscore cast and if you have a spare moment we would love for you guys to go over to your podcast service of choice and drop a rating on that trilogy of podcasts i just mentioned uh I- Yep. Oh no no! I was just gonna yep. say yep. Uh, uh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if you were you were gonna like pa- pass to me. Sorry, I was looking something up. No no. I, as always, my name is Matt Rorick. You can find more of my work around the internet, uh, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com, and you can follow me on all of those social medias at Matt Rorbeck. I'm usually rating uh, stuff on Letterboxd or uh, you know tweeting nonsense uh, or making fun of Christopher Nolan on Twitter. Yes, the, uh, the the savior of cinema. And also, um, if you want to see Matt and I in, uh, in, in video form, you can yeah. head, head over to rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and see us talk about post-TIFF coverage and what the uh, fall season looks like or lack thereof. Um, it's always a good time talking to Matt uh, in, in any capacity because, one, uh, he's a pro at this and also, you know, he, he always uh, has some really interesting – uh, things to say and observations that I miss. So it's always oh, good God. having him on the show. Um, you can uh, follow uh, me, uh, Eric Marchant, on uh, the social medias at EM6211. And until next time, I've got a raging clue. God.